I'm going to actually share with you today something that the Lord has placed over my heart that I believe you're going to even learn from. So I'm going to be teaching about coming out from bondage. I'm going to be teaching about coming down coming out from bondage. And the purpose of this teaching is to expose certain things. When I talk about bondage, it's one of the things that God came to destroy here on earth. When I talk about bondage, it's one of the things that is not God's will concerning your life. Bondage is something that is very devastating. It's something that is very uh yeah, it's it's very de- devastating because when someone is undergoing bondage, they are limited. They lack freedom, they lack enjoyment, they lack progress. So bondage is not the best place. It's, it, I can say it's, it is the worst place to actually be in. That's why the Bible actually says in Colossians chapter number 1 verse 13 that he delivered us from the domain of Satan and transferred us to the kingdom of his dear son. So Christianity is a breakthrough from bondage. Becoming a believer is actually a breakthrough from bondage. It's, it is actually freedom as opposed to what many people think. Christianity is actually being exposed to freedom, exposed to life, exposed to progress. I believe some of you may have a picture as to how bondage is, is is really bad perhaps by experience or perhaps by seeing from someone seeing how uh, they were once in bondage and it really affected them and i believe it's a place you would never want to reach and that's bondage but now concerning bondage i'm going to talk about two types of prisoners so that you can ensure you never get back to such a place the bible tells us when paul is writing to the saints he says ensure that you do not go back to your place of bondage ensure that you do not go back to the place of bondage which means it is possible for a person to go back to bondage which means it is possible for a person to go back to prison so ensure as a child of god never to go back to the place of bondage. Now, as I'm talking about this, remember I said there are two things that I'm going to touch. There are two things that I want to touch concerning bondage. When someone is in bondage, it is there is a possibility of them becoming either a conscious prisoner or an unconscious prisoner. When I'm talking about being a conscious prisoner, this means they are very much aware that they're in bondage. But yet when I'm talking about an unconscious prisoner, this actually means they are not aware that they are actually in bondage. And and I'm going to look at these two types of prisoners so that you can you can learn something and ensure you never reach in this place. Okay, so we're going to start by looking at the unconscious type of prisoner. So, the unconscious type of prisoner or the unconscious type of person that is in bondage, this one is the worst prisoner. It's the worst type of prisoner that one can actually have. Why? Because this is a type of prisoner who does not even know that they are in chains. Yes, they are in chains. This is a type of prisoner that miss, that actually thinks that movement is progress. This is a type of prisoner that actually thinks things are going well when they're not necessarily going well. In short, they do not know that they're in chains. And because they do not know that they're in chains, they are hindered from freedom, enjoyment, and progress. I love, I love something. I love something that is recorded in the book of Acts chapter number 16 and verse 30. The Bible tells us that there were disciples, there were were believers who were Paul and Silas, 
who were once put in prison. And when Paul and Silas were put in prison, the Bible actually shows us something. That the Bible actually shows us whilst they were in prison, they felt so free, such that at the midnight hour, they began praising God. They began worshiping God. They began praying. Alright? So, just from this explanation and just from this word, you can actually notice that a prisoner can actually be a spiritual prisoner or someone that is physical, or rather a physical prison. And also, just from this, you can, you can actually tell that the worst type of prisoner to be is a spiritual prison. Because Paul and Silas actually showed us that while they were in prison, while they were in a physical prison, they were very much free spiritually. Yet it was, it was, it was, it was, it was very interesting. While they were in a physical prison, they were very much free spiritually. That's why the Bible shows us that while they were in prison, they, as they were free spiritually, they began to pray and praise God. And guess what happened? The Bible says the physical chains that they had broke. The physical chains that they had broke. What am I trying to say? Spiritual freedom. Spiritual freedom is so important that it can even influence your physical freedom as well. Spiritual freedom is so important that it can influence your physical freedom. And the Bible says all the chains had, had broken for everyone in the prisons. Now, my point of reference and actually uh, my, my, my point of explanation is what happened in Acts chapter 16 verse 30. The Bible shows us that after the prison doors, after the prison gates and everything else had opened, the Bible says one of the guards, one of the guards was concerned. One of the guards was concerned and he said something. He went to Paul and Silas and the Bible reads this. He says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? That's Acts 16 verse 30. He says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? I hope you're seeing this. Something is very interesting here. A person who was not in prison, a person who was not in a physical prison, went to people who were in a physical prison and said, what must I do to be saved? This is to show you that even though you may not be in a physical prison, you can be in a spiritual prison. You can be in a spiritual prison. But then the man says, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to break forth? To be free spiritually. I know I am I am free physically, but what must I do to be free spiritually? And that is how Paul and Silas ministered to the man, and his entire household was free. The rest of the household was free. It was transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. It was transferred from the domain. It was transferred from the authority, the rulership of the enemy. And we're taken to the kingdom of the dear son. So number one, who is the first unconscious prisoner? The first unconscious prisoner is somebody that is not born again. The first unconscious prisoner is somebody that is not born again. Somebody that is not a believer. Somebody that is not a child of God. That is the first type of person who is an unconscious prisoner. That is why the Bible will actually show us that in, in, in Corinthians, that the enemy who is Satan, they call him the God of this world blinds the minds of the unbelieving that they may not see the light of the gospel so you can see if someone has been blinded 
they've been put in a place of bondage and so for a person who's not born again they will actually think everything is well with them that is why it is possible for someone that is not born again to mock believers they will mock them what are you doing what is this that you're doing oh you don't know life you don't know this but the bible says they have been blinded so they are unconscious prisoners but how will they know they are unconscious prisoners if somebody doesn't make them come to their consciousness how will they know that they are unconscious prisoners if somebody doesn't get to make them realize that they are in the place of bondage how how and that's why the bible calls us ambassadors of christ the bible shows us our relevance in this world it tells us even though we are not of this world we are still in this world so that we may matter in this world and that's why as ambassadors of christ we've got to labor for those who are unconscious prisoners of course when i say you've got to labor for those who are unconscious prisoners it would be very offensive if you go to someone who's not born again and say you you're an unconscious prisoner you don't know you're bound there should be a certain way you actually make the word of god rescue them from their place show them the benefits show them the reality of being in christ show them the goodness of what jesus did i believe there are so many of you watching me right now so many of you are related to so many people that perhaps are not born again so many of you are, are related to people that do not know god so many of you perhaps in your family you are the only one that's born again perhaps in your family you are the only one that knows about god perhaps at your school you are the there are just a few people that know about god perhaps there are few people that even know god there's a place where you must arise and get to rescue unconscious prisoners and get to rescue those that are bound those that are still in the domain under the rulership of the evil one it is so sad have you observed even from scripture the bible shows us that there was a man who who had legions of demons a man that was an unconscious prisoner i would say so how was he an unconscious prisoner the fact that he was not even a disciple not even knowing and not even staying in the in the in the in the things of god this man sometimes the bible says he would be led by those spirits and he would go to different places go to 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 the caves and lock himself there he was unconsciously doing this i want to emphasize especially on this part on this unconscious prisoner the unsaved people we need to reach out to them now reaching out is diverse we don't only reach out with our words and with our preachings it starts with the platform of intercession it starts by us praying for them it starts by us laboring for them when was the last time that you ever prayed for someone to be born again what was the last time that you ever prayed for 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 people to be free i know some of you have done so and for some of you perhaps you've done it for a while and you felt like giving up you felt like giving up but now here's a big question imagine if someone gave up on you where would you be today imagine if someone gave up on you where would you be today it would be a sad reality brothers and sisters for everyone that is watching there is a place where you can labor labor seriously labor making the salvation of someone a project 
You pray for them. You intercede. And they ensure that they are brought back. So this is an unconscious prisoner. Somebody that is not saved. But then we're going to look at another type of unconscious prisoner. We're going to look at another kind of prisoner that, you know, is, 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 is unconscious. And we're going to read from the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, verse 15, to discover this unconscious prisoner. The Bible says, The mind of the prudent always acquires knowledge and the ears of the wise seeks knowledge the mind of the prudent acquires knowledge and the ears of the wise always seek knowledge this is a very interesting scripture have you observed it saying a prudent one seeks knowledge and it says and 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 a wise one also seeks knowledge a prudent one a prudent one seeks knowledge and a wise one seeks knowledge you can read it two ways if if, it, if the Bible says a wise person seeks knowledge then this actually means it is very unwise for someone not to seek knowledge it is very very unwise to seek knowledge and remember the Bible says live wisely in Ephesians Paul says live wisely Meaning there is a place where if you are to live wisely, you must desire knowledge. So what is my next point? Who is the next unconscious prisoner? The next unconscious prisoner is a person that remains in ignorance. Is a person that remains in ignorance. Is a person that remains without knowledge. Saints of God, I believe many of you watching me right now are familiar with the scripture for Seah chapter number 46 which says my people perish because they lack knowledge but you see it is not enough to just know that verse it, another thing you ought to do is to grow and ensure you participate in knowing and being in a place of knowledge it says my people perish because they lack knowledge it didn't say my people perish because they lack resources it didn't say my people perish because they lack the anointing it didn't say my people perish because they lack connections or it, they, they lack credentials or whatsoever it says my people perish because they lack knowledge and I'll tell you this on one occasion do you know that one of the reasons Jesus shed tears one of the reasons Jesus had to cry here on earth was because the people lacked knowledge. Imagine making the Son of God weep, crying. He mourned that the people lack knowledge. He mourned to show you that it is a very sad reality, a very sad place to be in, to be ignorant. I want you to reach to a place and I want you to declare I will not be ignorant. I will assort ignorance. I will dispel ignorance with knowledge. Praise God forevermore. Ignorance is actually a conducive environment that permits the enemy to take advantage of people. That's why in 2 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse 11, verse 14, uh, uh, the Bible, the Bible, yeah, verse 11, it says, my, my, we are not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. We are not ignorant. So meaning, the place of ignorance will make you become an unconscious prisoner. It will make you become an unconscious prisoner. In, 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 in the book of Timothy, the Bible actually says, Then you shall be free. You shall come back to your senses and not do Satan's will. Meaning, if you walk in a place of ignorance, you are capable of doing Satan's will. 
and that amounts to bondage it amounts to bondage it's a very dangerous place to be in the place of bondage just to connect it with that I want to talk about the third type of unconscious prisoner so that you may it's, it's more related with ignorance but it's, it's, it's a different one in another way the third type of unconscious prisoner is the undiscerning one an undiscerning person saints of God if you never actually realize the aspect of discerning is very vital as a child of God the actual of the, 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 the reality of spiritual perception is very very vital not being able to discern what's happening is a very dangerous reality because that is what the enemy gets to use to you know work against people's lives i'm going to show you something in the book of ephesians the bible tells us it says awake or sleeper awake or sleeper the bible gets to show us that there is a place where you need to be alert there's a place where you need to be discerning of certain things that are around you the bible in matthew it tells us that there was a time whilst the sower went to sleep the enemy came and planted tears now sleeping does not necessarily mean in, 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 in that context does not necessarily mean a physical sleeping it means no alertness no alertness it says while the enemy while the farmer slept the enemy came and planted tears what am i trying to say saints of god there's a place where we as children of god need to come to a certain spiritual sensitivity where we are able to discern certain things where we are able to discern right from wrong where we are able to discern what is coming ahead the bible says the prudent man foresees danger and hides he makes a decision he hides is he running away no no he's hiding in the lord in short he's positioning himself There is a place where we must grow to the to, to the to the extent of becoming discerning. The Bible tells us of people that understood the times and seasons, that were discerning of the times and seasons, and knew what to do. When you are not discerning, you will not know what to do. Perhaps let's look at it in this angle. Imagine. If your natural eyes were plucked out from you. Imagine if your natural eyes were plucked out of you from you and a great big meal was set before you. Just imagine that. Perhaps the best way you can do it is by closing your eyes. Imagine your 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 eyes have been plucked out of you and a great meal has been set before you. They've told you there's a great banquet for you to eat. You can actually smell the aroma. You can actually smell that mm, this is something good. But then, in as much as you have proof that there is something good that is set before you, imagine that an enemy comes and starts stealing that food which is set before you starts eating starts plucking starts plucking starts getting the food starts getting the food one thing you know is that one thing you notice is that because your eyes have been plucked you will still smell the aroma but you will not sense the enemy you will smell the aroma but you will not sense the enemy and so the enemy will steal as much as he wants the enemy will get as much as he wants and you may only have little. Yes, you enjoyed the little. After the enemy had stolen and perhaps left you with a bit, you enjoy a little pizza. But it was not a little pizza that was for you. 
it was big pizza you see the problem of being undiscerning you see the problem of being undiscerning you will not sense any activity from the from the enemy you will not you will not now you see here's another problem of being undiscerning not only will it does it have a negative effect on the on on on, on the enemy side it will also have a negative effect on god's side because you will not know where god is taking you you will not know where to go you will not know what step to take for the bible says the path of the righteous shines bright unto perfection and says god orders the steps of the righteous how are you going to be ordered if you are undiscerning how are you going to know this is the right direction if you are undiscerning that's why there's a place of of pressing towards your spiritual growth pressing towards your spiritual growth to reach to a place where you are so discerning so that you reach to a place that you know that mm, where i am here i need to be careful where i am here i need to do something properly where i am here i need to make the proper decisions we're talking about unconscious prisoners Number one, we said number one, the unconscious prisoner is one who's not born again. And number two, one that remains in ignorance. And number three, one that is undiscerning. But I thank God, even though they are unconscious prisoners, they are types of unconscious prisoners, they are solutions to all this. What is the solution of, be, of, of one not being born again? Oh, of course we know that solution. It's coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's coming to the Lord Jesus Christ who came and died and shed his blood for us. And the Bible says that by his blood he made a new and living way that returned us back to the Father. By his blood he cleansed us. His workings were so great and we as the Bible says, we were adopted and we became sons of God. What am I saying? You may not have known that by being, being without Christ is bondage. You may not have known that without Jesus, without Jesus, you are actually in bondage. You may not have known this. And now you realize this and you now say, oh my goodness. I didn't know that isolation alone is, is actually a, it's, it's actually a big problem. And if this is a decision you want to make and say, I want to be back and I want to be as free as possible. Jesus once said, take my yoke. He says it is light. He says it is easy. Which is to show you that if you don't have that yoke, which is Jesus, it's going to be tough. It's going to be difficult. He says, take my yoke, it is easy, it is light. He says, come, oh yeah, that are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. What am I saying to you? If you've never heard, if you, know, if you do not know about the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to come to him. You may be watching. You say, I want to make that decision. Under a minute, we will not even say, we'll do it later. We'll give you that opportunity right now. We'll give you that opportunity right now because it is very important. And if you're that person, I want you to say this with me. Wherever you are, distance is not a barrier because your connectivity is your heart's belief and the speaking what your heart believes. I just want you to declare with a heartfelt conscience, with a heartfelt conviction and say this and say, Lord Jesus, I realize that freedom is only found in you. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize that only by you I can be saved. 
I realize that only by you that I can experience enjoyment. Only by you I can experience peace. I recognize that you came to this earth. I recognize that you died for me. And I recognize that you came for my freedom. Now I ask, be Lord and Savior in my life. Be King and Ruler in my life forevermore. Amen. If you've made that prayer, oh, I'm so excited for you because you are now a child of God. It is a great miracle that instantly you have been moved from the kingdom of darkness and placed into the kingdom of his dear son. It is a great miracle that instantly you have been raised and you are seated with God in the heavenly places. It is a great miracle that even without application letters you have now become a citizen of heaven. And it is a great miracle that even without proper qualification, you have now become a king and priest. Congratulations. I would encourage you to text me or text the church page so that we may walk you through, that we may orient you and train you to walk worthy in your calling. So we're going to look at the next one. We're talking about a prisoner, an unconscious prisoner that is ignorant. The only, and I said the only solution to dealing with ignorance is by dispelling it, not through fasting, not through impartation but by dispelling it through knowledge. Through knowledge. Through knowledge. What am I trying to say? As a child of God, never reach to a place where you are so ignorant. In fact, when you read the book of Colossians chapter number 3, it shows you how you should live as a believer. It tells you to put on the traits of Christ and put off the things of the world. And it further tells you in Colossians chapter number 3 verse 16, it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. It shows you the kind of measure that you should have of knowledge within you. It says the measure of knowledge within you should be rich, rich, rich. Yes, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So as a child of God, make it, make it your personal goal to enrich yourself with the word of God. Make it your personal goal to grow. The Bible shows us that God is speaking to Joshua and he says, do not let this book of the law depart from you. He says, meditate on it. Chew on it. Let it settle within you. Let it not escape you. Chew on it day and night. Day and night. After he says that, he reveals, then, then, something is going to happen. He will make your way successful. Then, then, there is always a result to having knowledge filled in your life. Sometimes the reason why even believers right now are still struggling with bad dreams, are still struggling with bad thoughts is because they have not gotten adequate knowledge that will build them and empower them walk successfully. Have you ever heard somebody say knowledge is power? People say knowledge is power and that is true. 
knowledge empowers you. It empowers you. It empowers you to walk in the reality of who you're supposed to be. Knowledge is empowering. Therefore, as a child of God, sometimes you can say to me, I know, uh, we're, we're going to look at a reality check. Someone says, I read the Bible, but I'm not just so consistent. Sometimes I feel like reading it, sometimes I don't. Sometimes when I'm reading it, I don't understand it. Don't worry. There's a solution to that. In your pursuit of knowledge, in your pursuit of knowing God and knowing the reality of His Word, Number one, as you engage in pursuing it, ask the Lord and say, Dear Holy Spirit, author of all scripture, he that giveth understanding and he that giveth clarity concerning the reality of Jesus, make me understand. Author of the scriptures, Spirit of a living God, stir up within me the desire to know. I'll be honest with you. Right now, we have been trained to really study the word. Well, not necessarily study the word. We have been trained to be readers. Technology has trained us to read a lot. Whether through books, right now what's going on is that you're reading comments. Even after the broadcast, perhaps you're going to be reading a book. Perhaps you're going to be reading status updates. And if you can get to find out something, sometimes status updates that you can read within a day is equivalent to one Bible book. You'd be shocked. Some of the status updates you read, it's equivalent to one Bible book. Some of you would finish the book of Jude in 12 seconds. <laughs> this is to show you, you have the capacity. You have the capacity to pursue knowledge. And go after it because the Bible says the prudent man always, always, not sometimes, always seeks for knowledge. The wise man always seeks for knowledge. Do that. Get to discover knowledge. Grow in knowledge. Know concerning your standing in Christ. Know that you are not a victim. It's important. Because sometimes the wrong kind of knowledge will put you in, 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 in ignorance. It, and it will, it will definitely affect you. When you have no knowledge that you are a victim, the enemy will take advantage of you and you become a victim. When you've got no knowledge that you are blessed, you will see yourself as disadvantaged. And that is how you can overcome some of the things that are fighting and really working out adverse effects in your life. By having knowledge. Some abound in their dream lives nightmare after nightmare nightmare after nightmare they need knowledge they need knowledge some people are still bound and feel they are disadvantaged because because where their family came from there is poverty Of course, it may not be your fault that you were born poor. But you have to understand it will be your fault if you remain poor. Why? Because knowledge has been made available to walk out of any adverse circumstance. Do you know that the word circumstance from its Latin translation actually means to be, to be in the circumference of something. To be surrounded, to be in a circumference of something. Which actually means, if there is something that surrounds you, 
or if there is something you are in, the only way to get out of that circumference is to walk out and step out of it. And the knowledge of God will enable you to step out of it. Be a child of God that loves the Word. Because it's empowering. The Bible says, you shall know the truth. You shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. It will make you free. Number three, there is a solution for the undiscerning believer, the undiscerning person. The Bible actually tells us to practice a lot of spiritual labors that will train us. Do you know our spiritual perception is similar to our physical perception? How so? You can actually train yourself to be discerning. You can actually train yourself to be knowledgeable. You can actually train yourself to hear and see things that come ahead. Have you noticed? It's very interesting. Jesus once says this. He says, my sheep hear my voice. They know me. They follow me. So meaning everyone has to learn how to hear the voice of God. It's, 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 one, of, it's one of the signs. The Bible says, as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Hey! Someone should not be able to reach to a place where they say, what about if you can't hear God? The fact that you can't hear God, you should not be comfortable about that. Not say, what about if you can't... You need to learn to hear God. Of course, if you can't hear God, stay close to those that can hear God so that you can learn how to hear God. It is very important. Be discerning. Be able to know when to pray, when to, when to, when to engage in certain activities. The fact that so many are not discerning, that is one of the reasons they are unable to do warfare properly. Imagine a believer who said, I'm going to fight. But in as much as they have the weapons, have everything available, they are going to fight, but they don't know who they are going to fight. And discerning. And that is what has brought so many people who are supposed to be fighting on the same side and they begin to fight one another and they call it dangerous prayers killing fellow people declaring death of a man how do you fight someone who's supposed to be on your side discerning the place of discerning demands you to know certain specifics. That's why when you are discerning, you know, I am going towards east. Even when you are doing warfare, you are not going to... I know there's a place of generalizing things. But for you to be very successful and to be very effective even in warfare, you need to have specifics. You need to be able to say, in the name of Jesus, I stand against the spirit. That is bringing fear. You are being specific. But then you are not being specific if you say, I stand and fight everything that is fighting me. What is that everything that is fighting you? And what is the proof that everything is fighting you? Every power, every demon, Every, you know, this, that is fighting my life. No, 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 no. Saints of God, if you are undescending, never even reach to a place where you are even talking about every demon, every power, every shadow. You are not fighting against every demon. You are not fighting against every power. The first thing you need to do, the Bible says before <laughs> a king goes for war, he gets counsel. 
So the first thing you need to do, get to the place of counsel. Get to the place of where you sit down with the Holy Ghost. And he begins to show you, saying, look, there is this that you are fighting against. Go and fight. Not only will he show you who to fight, he will show you the exact formula you need to do to fight. Sometimes he will tell you, carry your swords, go and kill. Sometimes he will tell you, carry your trumpet, go and praise. Sometimes he will tell you, carry your dancing shoes, go and dance. Sometimes he's going to tell you, stand still, let me enter and fight. But only this can happen if you are discerning. So many people that have been, have not been discerning, have allowed the enemy to plant tears and then they are unconscious prisoners. Sometimes they think it's just a tough time that is happening, but they are unaware. And I'm emphasizing especially on this last point because one of the things you have to understand especially concerning the work of the enemy is that he wants to always remain camouflaged. He wants to remain unnoticed. Whatever agenda the enemy has against you, he wants to remain unnoticed. And that's why if you observe something, it's very interesting that even in the Garden of Eden, the first one to be blamed was a woman instead of the enemy. He wants to remain unnoticed. When he's fighting you, he wants to remain so unnoticed that you even begin to blame God. He wants to remain so unnoticed that you begin to cry against the Lord. And that is why we hear so many people make statements of other people saying, this person is worse than the devil. Oh, no, 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 no. No one can ever be worse than the devil. That's why concerning others, who you even say are worse than the devil, God says love them. But you've never been given a command to love the devil. They've even told you that one. He doesn't love you, so don't love him too. He is your enemy. Be alert and do what? Resist him. How will you resist someone you are unaware of in your presence? How will you resist an enemy you are unaware of that is fighting you? My prayer is as children of God, may we not be unconscious prisoners. Of course, we are born again. We cannot be that kind of worst unconscious prisoner. But if we remain in ignorance, if we remain undiscerning, the enemy will take advantage of, of, of people who should not be taken advantage of. So what am I saying? Reach to a place where you never go back to bondage. But of course I said there are two types of prisoners. One that is unconscious and one that is conscious. When we talk about one who is conscious, this person knows that they are in prison. This person knows they are in, they are in prison, but then they, they still love it. This one, a conscious prisoner, can be a person who, as, as described as slaves that love their chains. They know you have all adequate information that fire is dangerous. Yet you want to test how dangerous it is by stepping in fire. I don't mean to say this with, with, with any negative intent. But we have certain things which say this is harmful for your health. Yet that's the thing we do it, we get. I, I once encountered a man uh, 
that used to drink a lot. He was seriously into drinking and he once asked me a question. And he asked me, ah, sir, do you drink? And I said, no, sir, I don't drink. But his response was what was shocking. I thought he would ask, why don't you drink? Do you know what you're missing out? His response was that of what a pastor would give someone. His response was, that is a very good thing. That's good. No, 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 no. Keep it up with, keep it up. I'm proud of you that you don't drink. It is a very good thing. And my biggest problem there is, why is he applauding me for not drinking? Or yet he is practicing the same thing. Onisha's prisoner. He knows what he's doing is bad, yet he still holds on to it. These are the people that hold on to pleasure and neglect their life's treasure. You, you cannot never be such. The Bible actually tells us, don't go back to the things that made you bound. Don't go back to Egypt. Don't go back to sin. Don't go back to the things that will make you bound. Don't go back to those ways. Do not be a conscious prison. That's my encouragement. Make sure you remain free as the apostle Paul says. And we're going to pray. I want to pray that we continue walking in freedom. We're going to pray that we continue living a life worthy of the Lord. We're going to pray that the Lord helps us to keep walking in freedom such that we do not give a foothold to the enemy. And lastly, we are going to stretch out in prayer for those that are bound in whatsoever prison. Whatsoever prison they are bound in, we are going to stretch out. And just like Paul and Silas prayed, all chains are 